How you going? Pretty good. Yeah? <clears throat> yep. Loving life. That's it? Pretty much, man. Have like you, I, you've been take, taking care of your girlfriend at the moment, haven't you? Yeah. And that's been great. I'm telling you, the more that I'm forced into just like not leaving a room, the better. I would really enjoy solitary confinement as long as I had access to the net, which you don't get in solitary confinement, so did so. No, I think that's the whole point of solitary confinement. Yeah. You get nothing. Yeah, well... You get, do you get a toilet in solitary confinement? You, you, yes. I mean, look, I can't talk for like Thailand, but in Australia... I am sure that you have a toilet. Like, how medieval would that be? You get a bucket. Are you... <laughs> See, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to Google <laughs> if, if you get solid... <laughs> do, do you get a toilet? I guess this is the perfect example of why you need the net. Do you get a toilet in solitary confinement? Australia, you have to put that in. We're not finding out what's going on in bloody Tajikistan. All cells have metal toilets. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. And no... Oh, this is brutal. No lid. What? Yeah, so you're just going straight in the hole. So it's just like sitting on the porcelain rim every time you're doing a shit. How do you know so much about solitary confinement? Because I've seen one documentary on it. and That's all you need? Everybody said it sucked. So, confirmed, Neil. Your hypothesis was correct. That solitary confinement sucks. Yeah. Well, look, I... I it, it's a prison for prison, so you'd hope that it sucks. Yeah, the Tasmania of individuals. Huh? Well, yeah, like, Australia was a penal colony, and then if you were naughty, you got sent to Tasmania. Oh, Damn, I didn't know that. What's our Norfolk Island Was thing? that a thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, that was so the, the, that convict, was the, the convicts ones, of the convicts went to Tasmania. If they just kept misbehaving, they just put them in the naughty corner. Wow, it's so fitting that it's Tasmania. Yeah, <laughs> it's a special kind of rough there. And then Norfolk Island was the tough, tough one. So if you were too bad for Tasmania, they shipped you off to Norfolk. And th- how many people still live in Norfolk Island? Hundreds. That's about it. I, well, maybe it's thousands, but no, because I, I remember Are that they years the years de- So they're the descendants of the, the convicts of the convicts of the convicts. They must be. And maybe, as we were discussing before... But yeah, was there an actual prison there, or was it just you're being a bit naughty, but you haven't done anything criminal, go to Tasmania, go to Norfolk Island? N- look, I think that you went to Tasmania for being a little more than a bit naughty... I mean, look, it's all comparative now because it's just like, you stole a sheep, did you? So they probably just put him there. But yeah, in Norfolk Island, I don't even think that they bothered with jails. I could be wrong about that, but it was just, it was a tiny island. It was a prison by itself. It was just like, kind of like that Mexican thing of like, they, they basically just build a walled city and then chuck all their trash in there and say, you can do what you want in there. Is that real? Because I know there was a season of Prison Break <laughs> based on that. Was a great, that was a great How season. How good was it? Yeah, Prison Break died oh, after that season. Yeah, what, what happened to that? Because I just remember watching that and then like it didn't exist all of a sudden. No, I did. There was a season four. It was the worst thing I've Why? ever seen. Why? What happened? I, because I was loyal to the show. I, I watched it, but mm. oh man. Did was... you watch it on uh, free-to-air or did you have to get DVD? I watched DVDs? it when it came out on free-to-air and then I've rewatched it on Netflix. Season four. There's a season four and a season five that they made three years ago. Did you watch? I watched a few episodes of season five. I couldn't. It was, it was just not good. 
And I bought you, it on Sorry, iTunes. sorry. Like, I know we've got other things to discuss, but you have to lay it on me. Just tell me what happens in season four and season five. So in, I don't care. You're, you're listening to this, all right? In season four, they've, uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, they've gotten out of that um, prison. I don't think it was Mexico. It's some other uh, Costa Rica or some shit. Panama. Panama. Yeah, they're, they're basically Mexico. The Panamanian. Panamanian? Is it Panamanian? Probably. Panamanian prison. And... They've all gotten together, the, even including the FBI agents that were trying to uh, bring them to justice. They've all gotten together and they're trying to take down a big company that is responsible for framing uh, the brother in the first place. So they've on, they're on this reconnaissance mission trying to get all this intel. And then at one point, the FBI agent's son gets murdered by an assassin. Oh, that's no good. And then he murders the assassin. And then there's this Asian guy on there who's just terrible. The character's not funny in the slightest. He's tr- he's tr- he's like the IT. What are you he's, to be? he's meant Comic to be the relief. no. He's meant to be the you know the tech guru that can hack into all the systems, and he just wasn't funny at all. I think he's meant to be the yeah the comedic relief. And then it wasn't that guy that's now a doctor that's Korean that is no. basically famous for that gay meme. No, no, not that guy. Not that guy. It was a younger guy. Um, yeah, and. What else happened? In the end... So that's the end of his career as well. Because Min- Winworth Miller hasn't done anything, surely. Not that I know of. Yeah. I think he was in- so he probably did season five of Prison Break. Yeah, he did. There was a season five. It came out only three years ago. And that, I watched two episodes. <laughs> so at the end of season four, the Wentworth Miller character is meant to... He dies. Um, because he... they There's, there's, a, um, there's like an epilogue where they all take down the company. But then something happens. So... Um, I forget his name in the show, but the Wentworth Miller character finally marries Sarah, I think her name was. But then right at the end of the wedding, they get chased or something. They end up in a prison again. And then um, someone has to... There's some electricity grid that has to... There has to be a connection. And so he touches it. And, and then the, I can't even remember what happens, but then the, the gate opens. They all escape, but he supposedly dies. And then it turns out... <laughs> He, yeah, no, it turns out he had to, the FBI had to capture him. And then six years later, he's in a, he's in a Tunisian, no, not a, he's in a prison in Yemen <laughs> where the wars. This is season five? Yeah, yeah, the, that proxy uh, war is going on. Yeah, and, that makes sense. And then th- there's just anarchy in, in Yemen and then they're trying to break him out of Yemen and I just gave up. I was like, this, this is too much. I couldn't No, that's okay. It's okay. No, I mean, look, as in, it's okay that you didn't do your duty. You tried your best, but I think we're just going to have to leave this over to the commenters. If, if you finish season five, take it off from where Neil ended. It's not even I'm on. I'm not watching that. I think a, a different production company did it or something because it's not yeah. on Netflix. All the other, the other four are on Netflix. And I Stand. really, I was, I was really enjoying it. So I bought season five on iTunes, which. You know, when you buy a season on iTunes, it's like thirty bucks or something. And I watched two so episodes three and I gave months up. Of Netflix, right? Yeah, right. So that's the only place this is available. From where you get your caches legally. I mean, I'm sure it's on what is it, Putt Locker or whatever. Yeah. Everything's I mean, like yeah, one, one of the, yeah, but one of those one of those ones that's like it's, it's getting really niche now. Because I tried going into this anime that I got momentarily obsessed with so thank god it's not one piece i'm not going down that hole like everybody else has that's the end of your life that is it's like 
World of Warcraft and One Piece. I've never seen something destroy so many lives. What's One it's Piece? Crack. It's just an anime about like a skinny kid that can extend his arms. It's a very it. common theme in anime. Is why it? is there always one character like... I don't know some why they're obsessed of, with that. Sort of metaphor? Like, yeah, they can't fly, but yeah. Is it a symbol for something? Reaching, reaching for the stars? <laughs> I don't know. I never got into anime. Nothing. You know no, who you gets did. Into, you anime? Get into anime? You did. You got into Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Oh, yes. All right, the My favorite was out. Digimon. Yeah. Okay. They're, Damn. Are they all? They're all. Yeah. They are all anime. Hey. Yeah. They are all anime. But like. But I didn't get into the... that niche anime in high school. You know, there's always Digimon. the weebs that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Loved some. Uh, some weird Korean stuff. Mm. Where half the weird. characters weird are like furry animals. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Half human, half animal. It's 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 always it's the it's the Asians in the school, or the white dudes, or there's like one black guy. They're the ones. Yeah, who are why? Into anime. Why? Indians and Indians don't get into anime. Well, that's also like brown, something. Any, I don't know why they're not into it. No, Indians or like any brown like wogs don't get into anime. There's no way. Just FIFA. Dimitri's like, <laughs> yeah, bro. Did you watch the anime on the weekend? Have you seen that? But dude, why a black? Why is like one very muscly black dude into it? That's a real mystery of life. I I really need to understand mm. that point because that's the same thing as when I went Fetish? to Korea. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's pretty much everyone. <laughs> that's why everyone's into it. Yeah, it's just like I don't like moles. <laughs> Um, yeah, you've. How long have you had uh, yellow fever for? Like, was there a point when you were an adolescent where you said, "Wow, I love Asian women"? No, and this is getting pretty Freudian actually. Now that I think about it, but as soon as I was in, there's just a really hot lady that point. worked at the pork roll bar near your house. Probably. No, they were fat Greeks. There wasn't any Asians. Well, Greeks running the pork roll bar. Because they didn't exist. There was some Asians in Marrickville. That was it. Vietnamese, they've been all over Sydney for decades. Not in their numbers. Because they figure out ways to get their relatives in that dodge the laws. So they're all just in (laughs) Cabo Matter. Yeah, it kind of just... There was an onslaught after the Vietnam War. Then it kind of just trickled out throughout the 80s. And then, you know, the 90s was kind of there. But, like, I think that that's just basically what's happened. I reckon it's just a big illegal citizenship racket. From what I've heard from my Vietnamese girlfriend who's talking about, like, friends that she knows of and shit that always have, like, some lawyer that's at the top of one of those bakeries, essentially, just being like, this is how you get around a law. Um, Anyway. Yeah, every ethnic group is... uh... Th- th- that's, how they that. first, that's how they first make money in Western countries. They, uh, they have to do something illegal. The first generation... <laughs> look at the mob in, um, in New York. It was all Italian. Well, first it was Irish. Mm. And then it was Boy Italian. Skin. Yeah. Mm. My girlfriend actually worked in a... I wonder what Indians... We've got to do something illegal. Cool. Yeah, what the fuck do you guys do? I don't know. The Chinese are Sell probably... Sell rare spices. It was like the, the, nah, I don't think you what actually Chinese? did. The Chinese are just... Chinese just going around counterfeit the, shit. Yeah. Hmm. Look at that. The Vietnamese all were the people, gang members. We're the honest ones. You go to India, everything you have to dodge. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Um, there's a lot of uh, bribery and corruption. Well, so to, dude, to 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 get your license, you just have to pay some guy. Apparently. Oh or yeah. You do no, like one is, little. Yeah. You don't have to do 120 hours or anything like that. Oh, that's standard third world country. Yeah. You, that's your that's entrance. True. Yeah. yeah. 
I think my, I could be wrong about this. I don't know, but I would imagine that the what's the what's the merchant class in India called? But I'd imagine that they'd be the ones that would have moved out of India, huh? No, no, that's just um, Gujaratis. I'm pretty sure they're known as the. I think they're like the Jews of of <laughs> of the Indian <laughs> cultures. Yeah, fair. Gujaratis. <laughs> I think maybe it's Bengali. No, it's not Bengali. No, what the fuck's Bengali? Bengalis are the ones from the south. I think, man, are I, these castes? See, whenever I no, 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 these aren't castes. These are just uh, ethnicities. Yes. Yeah. No, we the, delve into anything about um, India. I realize you my blank ignorance. out. I don't know. Any, I'm so white. <laughs> I always feel like I'm like testing you. I'm so whitewashed, man. <laughs> it's that Russell Peters joke where he's like, uh, "For so long, I thought I was Indian. Then as soon as you land in India, you, you he turned." I turned Canadian so fast. <laughs> it's the exact same with me. Because you go up, you know, I, I was the, I'm pretty sure I was the only Indian. There was one other Indian girl in my, uh, in my grade. And of course, everyone was like, Dude, do you guys have an arranged marriage? <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be said. And we did, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's South Indian, of course not. Um, Are you North Indian? No, I'm um, like West, Maharashtrian. Oh, that's, dude, that's the iffy place. You're like Central Africa, aren't you? Isn't that where all the no. terrorists and shit are? No. Isn't it? I don't think so. Is it East India? There's a part Man, of I India that's like not really in control of, by the government. Uh, I think that's like, North, that's like Bihar or, um, I don't actually know. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I feel like I'm going to offend some Indians. Listening to this, I have yeah, no idea. Probably, you know what? Actually, I have you know some what? basic get, rudimentary like, very knowledge. triggered. I remember once I just put up this god. Man, they do. Mm. I put up this god once uh, on one of my front covers. It must have hit some Reddit thread in India or something. Huaman, that was his name. He's like the Hercules of India of uh, uh, Hindu. Yeah. You know that guy, the monkey. No, but if you mock Hinduism. And it goes to India, yeah, they'll laugh. They were pissed, man. They'll, they'll, yeah. I didn't realise that they're such a zealot people. But that's the thing that actually, that's how Modi keeps India together, apparently. It's just like really baiting Hindus there. That's how, that's how you keep that I, d- I don't know if everyone, I'm sure, because on Reddit, you're probably getting the ones who are very offended by that particular post. I don't know if it's a... Uh, it's a fair indication of the mentality of the entire country. No, but like in, in India, the thing is, like, it's kind of the same thing as like when you go to Pakistan, it's just very prevalent, right? The thing that holds Pakistan together is the fact it's Muslim. It's just obvious everywhere you go. Mm. It is Muslim. That's Pakistan. And the reason that that's the difference between Pakistan and India is this, is just the fact that after the British settled, after the British left, basically they were just trying to figure out how you're supposed to do that. And they were just being like, look, we need to separate those two religions because they just add each other. And so yeah, the the religion is... Re- it's it's just that, dude, that's the founding look, of yeah. those countries. No, it's just like, yeah. it's it's whatever the religion is. Yeah. So it's like when we were saying, like, what's the there thing are that more, holds... Yeah, but there's also there's Sikhism and there are quite a few Christians, Muslims, and even Buddhists in India as well. But yes, the, I think it's... But it's like 70 to 80 percent, right? I think, are Hindu. Yeah, and then I think like Muslim is fifteen percent or something. So but it's like in a, a country of one point two billion, that's that's a lot. Still fucking huge. That's a lot. Like fifty Australians. That's yeah. 
I don't know. I don't really. I don't. I. You've been there though, right? Yeah, but I don't. I'm not qualified to get into a conversation about the geopolitics and the current yeah, yeah, fair, social fair, fair. situation. But did in you India. did you like it when you were there? Because look, I'll, I'll say it about Pakistan. Like, I am so glad I don't live in Pakistan. It was eye opening. Um, yeah, that's I'm, the thing I'm, you get. I, yeah, look, I liked it. I liked experiencing it. And every time I go there, I like it more. It was definitely a shock the first time I went there. It was just How old were a you? big culture shock. Uh, 15. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked it. But like, okay, could you live there? I I could, yeah. I mean, like, I guess I could live in Pakistan if I wanted to. But like, if someone was just like, do you want to live in Pakistan or Turkmenistan? I'd be like, Turkmenistan, take me there now. Okay. Is I've like, never been to Turkmenistan. But, but there's like, okay, <laughs> out of all the countries that you've been to, where would that rank as where you would prefer? Oh, but look, I've only really visited. I've I've visited America, Canada, the UK, Singapore, New Zealand, India, Hong Kong, China, for a day. Well, what's the list go of where you'd want to live? But, I mean, it's, it's hard to get Australia, a, when, isn't it? Well, well Australia's yes, number one. I w- yeah, of course, but that's also because there's the sense of familiarity and. Dude, I don't I think know so. I think Australia. That's true, but don't... and all my friends and things are here. But if are we talking about just hypothetically, let's just say, uh, I I didn't I, I wasn't even brought up in Australia. I was just some sort of neutral person, and I could choose one of the, I, I, I spent a week in all these countries, and I yeah. Then well, you'd have to still go Australia because yeah. if you're just spending a week in all these countries, you look at Australia and be like, oh, even compared to America. Well, the living standards here for the average person are the best. Mm. In and America, also, there's a lot of there's a lot of homeless people. Yeah, I didn't know. In Hollywood as well, you think mm. Hollywood? Oh, it's tinsel town, beautiful people walking around. There's a lot of poverty there. Mm. It, it. I went very. Uh, I went very soon after the GFC. It, it's it seems to have improved. No, they still got huge homeless towns there. Especially in California. California has a okay. really bad homeless problem. I didn't notice as many the uh, other times I, I went. But then again, really? I'm, not, I'm not really going to the... Like, I didn't go You're to South going to Central. The skid Row, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be such a, such a like, a Aussie who loves rap thing to do. Like, some Aussie middle-class guy who loves rap. Yeah. Oh, I want to... Yeah, I'm going to Inglewood, man. I want to see Snoop Dogg, bro. <laughs> oh, this is sick, eh? Yeah, no, I really relate to like the the message in a lot of like Kendrick's songs, man. Like, yeah. I know what it's like, man. Like, <laughs> my parents got divorced. Like, I know what it's like, man. <laughs> I've heard this an act, man. I heard a guy say something like that. He was talking about a Dave Chappelle bit. You know that Dave Chappelle bit where it's like getting getting crack cocaine in the ghetto and then having to deal with all the sketchy characters and then a baby pops out. Have yeah, you heard that? love it, love it. Yeah, and this guy is just clearly from a private school. It was somewhere in Queensland, just Gold Coast. Very well dressed, and he's he's talking about it like, yeah, I love that Dave Chappelle because it's so true, eh? Like I know exactly what he's talking about, and I'm like, you do, you do not know yeah, what, what he's is, fucking what talking about. You've not been to the hood in America. Well, is this one of your fans after a show? No, it's just a friend of a friend. I was just getting drinks with my friend, and he was there. How old was this guy? Because I do remember thinking sort of like, like that when 20? I was like 18. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a point where you're a, an adolescent that rap really speaks to you. Yeah, I was brown in the Shire. I, I relate. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it's like. My house had a trampoline. That's it. 
I know that's always. I got I called curry muncher. That's like the N word. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. I really don't understand why that really. Because, dude, now when I listen to rap, it's just for a laugh. It's wow. it's just this thing of like. Same. This is stupid. You know what? Even <laughs> but the, like when I was back, there was like, yeah, true, man. Oh man, I'm exactly yeah. the same. Even the really serious rap that's meant to be meaningful and it's for lame. the critics, it's lame. In it's, fact, that's even more lame. I know. We're trying to be all serious. <laughs> you know what it is? It's because they're just being like very. They're either gloating about their life heaps or talking about how sorry they are for themselves. But there's no yeah, levity. There's no, there's no humor there. It's no. always very serious. That's why Eminem, early Eminem was so good mm. because he had such a comedic element to his rap. Dude, you know Even what? the Aussie rappers, they're just so... The ones that go that I like are the ones that take the piss. Mm. That's what you're meant to do in Australia. The ones that are mm. way too serious. I mean, look, we're all very sorry that you grew up in like a Campbell housing commission camp. or whatever, yeah. but I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, sh- maybe that's up. mean, but like I don't want to, you know, <laughs> let's stop feeling sorry for yourself. That'll come back to haunt me one day. No, it won't. Why Probably would that? Will. I think that's like a very non-controversial opinion. Most people are going to be pretty down with that. You reckon? Yeah. Look, that's the other thing about... I think they're just... Dude, the medium's sort of old. I know that you can get like different sounds, but... The vast majority of rap that permeates pop culture to any degree. I mean, look, there's going to be people in there that are just like, what about this indie rapper? Have you thought about that? And it's like, no, nah, because I've got other things to do. Like the ones that come into my life. Yeah. It's done. It's a really old formula at this point. There's not really changing. Mm, yeah. And it's, after the 90s, it really, I mean. Yeah, it got. Was there really, uh, did it really reach the heights that it did in the 80s and, and 90s in terms of the political and social significance. I think it did, but in a, in a faux sort of way. Because what happened? You know, like it just be... would have been like your NWAs and maybe, I guess, Snoop Dogg back then or whatever, which is basically his new... Well, not his newest album, but the album before. Did you ever listen to Never Left? No. Th- that no. was exactly what we're talking about now. Okay. That was an ode to sadness. It was, dude... You're not a pimp anymore. You're not a gangster. You haven't been for 20 years. What you do now is tweet about, like, bitchy comments about Katy Perry. You're basically a mean girl now. So you're An old out, man mean girl. You're calling out Snoop Dogg? Can we I'm say calling him out. You're done. You say it you're done, on the, Snoop. On this it's podcast, over. Friendly Geordies is calling out I've had it up to here. Dogg. No, I'm, no, I'm, like, I'm yeah, not... He still I'm, has his... No, 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 he no, might stay, still stay. have his connections. I don't think he does. That's what I'm saying. I I think he's completely out of that world. He is an (laughs) A-lister. He's not even A-lister. You know what he is? He's he's us. He's a social influencer now. Like, he just does a podcast like us. He, like, releases albums that no one listens to, like most social influencers. He, He is. That's him. He's like, and that album was just being like, yeah, man, I'm still from the LBC, man. Ain't shit changed. It was just... I, I don't know, man. Like, straight before that, you were just saying that, um, that, Astra- yeah, Iggy Azalea looks like one of the fucking dudes in White Chicks. 
That was that was the thing I remember you yeah. saying before that, and you're saying that like, yeah, I still pimp bitches. It's, you don't. I'm done. That's that was my that was like your point about Eminem okay. is like what I have about Snoop Dogg now. It's just like, dude, the dream is over. You know what it is? It's that point. I think we're just lucky when it comes to comedians. You never get to that point where you're just like this gig- global pussy magnet like rappers and rock stars are. But there's very few rappers and rock stars. A boy can dream. A boy can dream. But there's like I'll very there few. <laughs> like, Russell dude. Brand did it. Yeah, but. Can you call him a comedian? See, the thing is about Russell Brand. Don't you think when you look at Russell Brand, you just now, like. If you think about like, if you think about society and the way that it intermingles and intersects with other cultures and a white man and the way that the white man has colonized the rest of the world and the way that we've done this historically prejudiced ideas about society and culture is embedded in our consciousness. And if we can elevate our consciousness to the next <laughs> level and please buy my bookie wookie because I use a lot of big words and I act like I'm really smart. But in, in reality, I'm a, I'm a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> just talks really smart but doesn't say anything and white girls are like oh my god he's hot <laughs> yeah because he sounds it's, smart it's because he looks like a rock star that's why that's why they're attracted to him it's not even the thing that he sounds smart it's just the fact he's like i've got long hair and i wear uh one of those vests without a shirt yeah that's the reason that he's famous. It's because, like, it's not famous, but, like, that's the reason that he's, like, a global pussy magnet. It's not because of the comedian aspect. It's because he's just a rock star that does comedy. He has that aura about him. So, like, it's it's possible, but, like... He, Eddie Murphy it, did it. Again, though, don't you think? He had, like, a kind of... He, he was an act... It really, his stand-up was impressions. His stand-up was well, impressions. Well, Raw was. Um, the, no, the one in purple was actually really good stand-up. He's a movie star. It's... Again, like you, you look at him and he's got this kind of pop star aura about him. Yeah. Like the way that he's dressing, the way that he's holding himself. Hmm. And like what you're saying as well, it's kind of like a performance thing. But look, that's neither here nor there because there's like other performers that aren't like that, I guess. But yeah, like all of these ones, it's just kind of like all I ever think about when I think of like their shows is like, are you ready to rock? That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true because their the main their main fan base would all be in their fifties now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I put the kids to bed. Now I'm going to be gangster going to the Snoop concert. Damn. You know what though? Actually, I will say this: Snoop Dogg, and this is the whole thing. It's just like the dream is over for him as a rapper, and Snoop Lion. Uh, I think universally the world said no, that's not happening. Sorry. But I think that was does actually work really well for him is podcasts. A lot of those guys, a lot of those older guys are getting into podcasting. Yeah, I like his podcast so much more than like all those other you know like celebrities that try that shit out. He's got stories, but he's also just you know what it is. It is the fact that he was a rapper, and as I've said before, I Mm. think it's just musicians know beats. They know how to keep a conversation going where it should be flowing. Mm. They understand the melody of conversation. So he's really good at it. Okay. But okay. also, like, he's, he's a rapper, so he kind of brags every now and then. You're like, mm, don't do that. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. You haven't um, seen it? It's no, all right. It's all right. So we've, we've usually spent about 10 to 15 minutes with the banter to start off with, but I think on this episode we've... Uh, 25 minutes. About 25. <laughs> 25. Thanks, guys. So we're nearly halfway through. Good on you. Uh, what was Good the uh, 
<laughs> what uh, was it? Just skip to skip to here so if you want. Worse. Yeah, <laughs> um, we might even put a marker in this. But look, that's actually a good. That's a good little segue because you're talking about the magnetism of certain people in conversation. So you wanted to talk about making friends, didn't you? Oh yeah, and not because I have a problem, because I was watch. Uh, I was looking at all of the comments on my self help channel. Mm. The most requested. It's uh, look. I honestly thought it would be puss, but people are so sad because of the net now that they're just wondering how to make human contact, how to make friends. Is that just everyone, or is that just your fans? It could be just my fans. That's true. <laughs> I, like this is a small sample <laughs> audience, but don't you think that that rings true for the net? In general, yeah, there's going to be a lot of lonely the, souls the, there. The fanatics on any uh, YouTube account are probably people who, who uh, lack a social life. Yep. Hence their uh, ability to obsess over certain YouTubers and spend hours on end on the platform. If they're just on... It's solace. And it's, it's because there's that really personable feel when you're seeing someone on, on, on the screen, especially uh, an internet creator because they're usually just in their bedroom and they're in somewhere very accessible that's more uh that that i think gives more a sense of uh, kinship and connection than seeing someone in the bright lights of the television screen yes like you feel like youtubers it's less are your artificial. friends i think you feel like youtubers are your friends you feel like actors are above stars. you mysterious mm. so it's a, and they have a mistake about different. it it's very hard to they're trying to be inaccessible. Actors are trying to not be your yeah, friend. because that's the whole point of being a, a celebrity or a star, at least historically, was to be, to have an enigma about you, to be something separate, something extra, almost like a godlike figure. It doesn't really exist anymore, does it, because of social media. Even, like, the sheen... Okay, for instance, with some Snoop Dogg... stars. Huh? Say, like, some of your, you know, your Ariana Grande and... Adele's and the, the the singers still seem to have yeah but are they as the date are they as, like held in high regard as Britney Spears and Madonna were in their peak no 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 they can't be yeah. even if you've got a curated social media outlet and things yeah. it's just because everything's instantaneous exactly you just so, lose your shit at a customer or yeah, something yeah you're so because it's so there's so much content being pushed out on all the social medias you're just so open to making a mistake and misstepping and then that brings you straight back down to Instantly. earth. As soon as someone yeah. gets cancelled, or even if they just write a questionable tweet or have an opinion, suddenly everyone realizes, okay, this person's not a character. You're dead to me. They're yeah. they're, they're in just an individual with a lot of status and money. And now people are calling out. I mean, I've seen this as soon as the lockdown started. You know, the celebrities did those really cringy videos, and everyone was calling them out. That was horrible. Yeah, they were so bad. You're talking about that Imagine? Yeah. There's that, and there's a, f- and there's, there's a, there's, there was a few others, just a celebrity sitting there in a jacuzzi saying like, ah, I'm enjoying this. I think this is a time we all need to come together. Just cliches like that. <laughs> and they were getting destroyed, and rightfully so. I mean, how out of touch are you? It's not their medium. I think it's the same thing as, look, Jack Black could go onto YouTube because he basically was a YouTuber that infiltrated Hollywood before YouTube existed. But Leonardo DiCaprio could not go. No, <laughs> Imagine no. that. And it's the same with Will Smith. Like when he was doing his his he's when he's doing YouTube, he's done it all right. I think. No, he's like yes, he's big, 
but he's not respected by the YouTube community like Jack Black sure. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and I think it's because... Because YouTubers are weirdos and people who don't fit into normal society and that's why they've gained attention on the internet because they've filled a niche that wasn't otherwise filled by Hollywood and uh, the TV industry. Yeah. And those industries are going to appeal to the mainstream or, I mean, even in America when you've got cable, you don't necessarily have to appeal to the mainstream, but you still have to appeal to a large sector of the population. Whereas if you're online, you can appeal to whatever tiny little niche you want to appeal to. And I think that that brings about a sense of camaraderie with the internet community. The the, the knowledge that, hey, we're all Weirdos a little bit weird. Yeah. There's all something, there's, there's something a bit different about us. We wouldn't have been able to just make it prior to the internet. But yeah, there's kind of like, yeah, collectively it's kind of just appealing to a little weird aspect of everyone on earth. Yeah. Because there is a little niche that everyone's going to be into. That's exactly it. But let's uh, Yeah. So making friends. Sorry. What what was that? What did we even get sidetracked no, the dude, on? That, talking about that, that feeds into it though. Yeah. That's right. The people on your... Okay. So the people on your YouTube self-help channel, they're saying they want to know how to make friends. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, why don't they just make a community out of themselves? They all have that in common. They watch your videos. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that what you do is you find groups that you're interested in and they're just like, but how do you make it go to human contact? And this is the point is that, yes, you know, like tracks alike. You always meet your level of water in life. I think it's true in romantic relationships as it is with the people you hang around with. If you're just on the same wavelength as someone kind of just, it kind of just naturally goes from there. Cause mm. you just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's automatic. It's, it's automatic. True. There are it certain happens. people there are, there are, well, I guess classically popular people. Uh, their process is very effortless when they make friends. They can just walk into any social situation. People are like, yeah, we love that guy. Yes. Whereas for some people, uh, it can be tricky. I mean, they they had a chapter on this in... Um, have you read Emotional Intelligence? Yeah. Yeah, classic, but of course you've read that. Uh, <laughs> had a chapter on that where kids who were trying to befriend a certain friend group, uh, the ones that had issues like anxiety and such, they would go in and they would try to become the leader of the group or they'd, they'd try too hard to appease the group. Whereas the ones that were popular and maybe had less or didn't have any of those... Uh, social ailments, if you will. They just went in and they didn't suck up, but there was something effortless about the way they uh, attempted to join the group. They didn't try to take the spotlight. (coughs) They didn't try to disagree too heavily with the leaders of the group. They just managed to, to understand the cues and see what they needed to say at the right time in order to still feel like, okay, like I can have status in this particular group, but I'm also going to respect the current uh, leadership ladder that exists. You know what it is? It's just self-esteem. Self-esteem yeah. equals having good social skills. You know what? The, the, last, uh, the last year or two of my life, I've just, I'm just consistently reminded about how important self-esteem is. So many issues... That people face, it all comes down to self-esteem. Yeah. Face relationship issues, addiction. Yeah. Social problems. It's, it's, a lot of it just comes down to self-esteem. 
and you can fix tell. that, then all the other things will. Yeah, because dude, it's so fixed. true. Like if someone has low self-esteem, dude, you know what as well? It's really obvious when you're watching comedians who has low self-esteem. Because comedy at its best is kind of just an extension of a social group. It is kind of just like going into a social group and talking. It makes it easier when you've got your own little enclave and a you've, you've there's a performative in. aspect to it that doesn't exist in a yeah, but like it's not like it's not like acting. <clears throat> no, but there's a, there is a but there's performing. There's some... performing. Yeah, yeah. But there's it's also a bit, there can be acting involved. There can be acting involved, but like stand up comedy is an art. You're kind of just putting yourself on display as as a character and kind of just like enhancing certain aspects and then like mm. you know you've got your little elements of just putting on impressions <coughs> and impersonations and all that me. kind of stuff as well <coughs> um but the <coughs> i think you can just always tell where somebody's psychology is at when they're on stage like, it's just very obvious because like a lot of these a lot of the time they'll either be like talk they'll be trying too hard to show the audience that their life is mad which who cares? And they'll also be sitting there just being like, "My life's real as shit," and it's just like, "Okay, this is beyond self-deprecation. This is this is just a really sad, lame cry for help." When people are insecure and feel like they have something to prove, that comes across really easily. And that that's not just in social settings, stand up. This is everywhere. Yeah, it's just there's, an extension of it. There was some. Uh, there was a show I was watching on Netflix. I can't remember what I was like. The Battle of the Sexes or something. They did various tests where they'd have a group of men and a group of women and. Oh, is age that like two old... girls for fifteen guys, that kind of thing. No, not that one. I've seen that. Right. That's a good. That's a good YouTube channel, but um, not no, not that one. Uh, this was on Netflix, and they uh, were attempting to answer the question: Are men actually funnier than women? And so they would uh, uh, have a, a, a few men deliver a joke, and they'd have women come on stage and deliver the exact same joke. And to different audiences, but there was still a control group with the audiences. Some jokes overlapped, some didn't, things like that. Uh, but you could... <laughs> now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying... Obviously, I'm not saying every female comedian does this or anything. But on average, the women that there didn't do comedy, they were trying really hard. Whereas there was something really effortless and laid back about the way the men delivered the joke. Mm. They kind of just sat there and they said, Okay, so this is the joke. Hope you laugh. Whereas the women, they overacted a lot. And they tried to put a lot of energy into it. It just, it, it didn't seem natural. Now, that's obviously a very small uh, sample group. And No, but it's just an evolutionary trait. It is. It's like, even if you're not trying to be a professional comedian as a guy, you are just constantly joking and sparring with your friends. That's how men interact. There's more at stake because a man who uh, has a sense of humor immediately becomes a lot more attractive to... Uh, Women now look. I also like a woman with a, with a sense of humor. Don't get me wrong, but I think <clears throat> for most men that that has less significance when they're looking for a partner. Yeah, way less significance. There's no there's no evolutionary need for it, but there definitely is when it comes to joking <coughs> with a guy because it actually shows strong social acuity if you're able to do it. And yeah. there's also because that's always the same thing. It's always just like comedy is greatly linked to i can't even remember the word now it's just self-esteem's just in my mind but it's um insecurity oh, if you're sure. very insecure on stage that's like dude i swear it doesn't matter what you're saying if you're secure on stage 
you're going to do better than somebody who, even if like Chris Rock wrote you a stand-up show and was just like perform this, but you're nervous, it's not going to do anything. Yeah, like a guy that just goes up on stage and like is just kind of like relaxed on stage and comfortable there, he's going to do better than that guy. Of Way course. better. Yeah, and that applies in a social setting when you're talking about making friends as well. Yeah. If you're secure with yourself, you're confident, you're comfortable, you can go into any social setting and make friends. It's effortless. Because you know what? It was actually, I was talking about it on the pod with Mislov, and Mislov is just one of the most sociable people I've ever met in my life. And he was just like, it, it was so removed from his world because he's never been in a social situation in his entire life where he's felt uncomfortable because he just has supreme social skills. And so he was just like, Look, it's it's such a pathetic, but it's like you didn't know his privilege, but like it was cu- that kind of thing, right? Like he just, he, it was just so removed from his reality that someone would be scared in a social situation that he was just like, dude, you just talk to people. That's where his mind is because yeah. there's definitely a certain type of human being that is that that's able to do it, and it's just. It's that. It's, he's just really comfortable with life as it comes. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, like, the thing that I'm always thinking about is he went to Europe with, like, four grand for a year. And he, like, slept under bridges. Such a new town. That's such a yeah. new thing to do. I know. So, like, it was scared me. Slept, like, homeless in Europe. Um, Why? You know, like sleeping on people's couches because this is how his mind works he's just he's so doing comfortable doing whatever he's doing that when he was just like under the okay. bridge he was like oh, yeah this is pretty funny and then just went to sleep <laughs> well it was just would it, would it just have been one night no no on multiple nights like he weeks was weeks at a time he was homeless for weeks Dude, like the whole time he was homeless basically like he just slept on someone's Jesus. couch that he like barely knew from school until it got so awkward and weird that he was forced to get off it like it's he he just floated like okay yeah, at the well, airport when he came it's back an extreme example yeah <laughs> but like dude he like on on the airport on the airport ride back this is just classic him he's just so immersed in the present moment that he missed his flight back to Australia and he had <coughs> no money the entire time. It was a miracle that he was able to scrounge that up by doing like odd jobs in Europe to get the money to get the ticket back. Um, so he just waited for four days, called his dad to just say like, give me the money for another ticket or whatever. Um, uh, so we always knew we could call dad in the end. That's part of the security. Like, I'm not saying that it's like, it's not... Yeah. Like, dude, the thing I mean, is, be very if different. I was in that situation and I had a dad that could uh, bail me out and I was, like, sleeping one night under a bridge, I'd be, this is inexcusable. Get me a hotel now. Yeah, but I still think that'd be very different to someone who's genuinely homeless and has no one to call on. Yeah, but that's the difference, right? Like, okay. He'd, I mean, it, he'd uh, always know at the back of his mind, okay, yeah. this, is, this is temporary and I can get out of this yeah. whenever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he definitely has that. His parents are very loving parents and they're like middle-class parents. So they can do that shit. Um, but that's the difference, mm. right? It's like the homeless person depends on their circumstances, but most of the time they're probably just going to have crack addicts as parents or whatever. Right. Um, he, he like has that, he, he comes from like a loving background. So he just kind of is very comfortable in himself and stuff. But yeah, that, that airport com- thing was parents. just insane. Like he was in the airport for four days and he was, 
basically he was just like making friends with the the, the, the Croatian people that ran restaurants there just being like this, this is really pathetic but like if you have any muffins at the end of the day can you give me something and they were just like it's okay i just make you some pasta and they just started like feeding him and he just became like a pet of the airport and like the guards and stuff and like the and the pilots and stuff were like ah he's a mislav and he's just like ah oh, gosh and just sleeping on the fucking uncomfortable chairs okay but there. but can that can that archetype ever be taken seriously i mean he can make friends with people but it's as you said, in a pet sort of way. People what do you mean? like would people respect that sort of person? Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah, dude. But would they, they give them would they ever give someone like that uh, a position of responsibility? No, but that's look that, that's because he has zero work ethic. And that's the thing that I think drives you and I, Neil, is the fact that like I think that we are both deeply unsatisfied people. And so, like, when you're unsatisfied, you're just constantly striving for something else. But he is extremely satisfied. But he's really, really satisfied with whatever. Okay, but then, so his social strategy, if you will, is to be the happy-go-lucky guy that can always bring a smile to people. Yeah. Very positive. Yeah. Always comfortable. Yeah. Surely that would still have its limitations. I suppose when we're talking about in the context of making friends, that's the ideal person to be. Yeah. But in other situations, that sort of personality would have its limitations. Well, I mean, this is the other thing as well. He's one of the only people I know our age that has a house. And it's basically because he's just so likable that, like, you know, he just got a girlfriend that was just like, here you go, I'll just, like, sign all the stuff for you. And it's all right, you just work here and just go to this workplace. And he'll be like, okay, and just he moves along because he's just kind of like this happy vibe like dancing plasma thing that's just there and like everyone's okay. just like, yay. And so they kind of just bring him along for the ride. So Fair it does right. work. Yeah, okay. It's a I, survival strategy. I suppose if we're talking to the people who are struggling to make friends, he can be like the David Goggins of friend making. So <laughs> it's a very extreme example. Probably not. Uh, we're probably not suggesting to actually become like that, but take on board certain traits that he might have. No, yeah. it's. I think it's the fact that he is extremely absent of insecurity yeah that's what it comes down if if you want to make friends you gotta before you deal with the actual act of making friends you have to deal with your self-esteem i think that's it and that it reflects that comes down to again i just said this prior in the podcast as well but that comes down to a lot of issues people face yeah this is a this is a thing of it's and that again, classic, like you work on the inner world, the outer world reflects it. Absolutely. And then again, working on your self-esteem, what does it come down to? Reading self-help. We say this... Every time. Basically every time. Yeah, I say it every day on the self-help channel and people are just like, I'm tired of it. Yeah, but are you doing it? No. So just <laughs> fucking do it. Like if you have any of these problems, it's always just this. But I'll, I'll also add this about self-esteem. It's, it's actually very easy to correct it, I think, anyway. And it's basically just about changing your emotions you just write down a list of the emotions that you experience throughout a week in fact actually now that i think about it like i'll just do it as an example what do i experience in a week most of the time you know what I, I these days i experience a lot of um frustration i guess i've just been like ah fuck now i've got to do that that's just kind of like the point that i'm in in life mm. but i i think i i can kind of just deal with that um yeah, when I wake up in the morning, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of like, 
the negative ones anyway. There'd be a lot of frustration. There'd be a lot of kicking myself and just being like, hey, get off your ass, you, you just do that. But I don't feel these, like I never feel any pity for myself. I don't really think about myself that much anymore. I think a lot about facts and things in the world. That's that's a huge, I don't know what, so like, okay, a lot of interest, a lot of frustration, and then just bouted with a lot of moments of contentment and I, I guess like, yeah, like, but this is the thing, like, and excitement. But I think that I was like forcing myself over many years to feel more excitement and contentment on purpose. And you can ba- you can train yourself to just feel these emotions. That just like with the way that you think, uh, the things that you think, all of these things are habitual. You can do exactly the same thing with your emotions. Your brain's just going to go. If you're an angry person, it's just going to go to being angry. Mm. So you can just rewire your brain to have the emotions that you want. And it's the same thing. What, what does Mislav feel? Just as an example for somebody who's social, he would feel a lot of enjoyment. That's the main thing that he would have. Just everything is amusing to that man. Hmm. Very childlike in that way. Everything's great. Everything's novel. That I think really works when you are making friends because on top of that, you're just interested. Yeah. You're just interested in what people are saying. And sure. like any, any moment that you're in, you're extremely present because you're enjoying that moment. Self-esteem, I think, can also come from how you perceive yourself and what you value. So if you're in a high school situation, for example, and the thing that's valued in the social circle there is how good you are at sport, how good looking you are, how many girls you're getting with at parties, and you're not doing any of those things, of course you're going to have low self-esteem. But if you can uh, alter the framework by which you perceive yourself uh, in, in any given hierarchy... That goes a long way to uh, changing your self-esteem. So, likewise, if you you'd move out of that hierarchy, yeah, that that's too. the other but thing. Some like people while, don't mentally change. move out of that hierarchy. What do you mean? So they're still if they were really unpopular and low on the totem pole in high school, yeah, they'll still feel that way for many years potentially. No, no, but like in your example of if you're in that hierarchy of just like how much chicks have you fucked the bread? How much can you bench and shit like that? but you're not buying into that anymore and you're kind of just like, these are all pretty fucking stupid goals, really, at the end of the day. Like, I'm mm. aiming for something bigger than this. Like, mm. you, you're just not interested in hanging out with them anymore. Yeah, you, like, that's what I'm yeah. You shit. Yeah, yeah, so you have, but sometimes you have to, perp- you have to, I don't, that doesn't always happen naturally. No. You sometimes have to really look at, yeah, who who's surrounding you in life? I mean, it's the same thing if you're in a really um, money-driven world and you have the least wealth, you're going to feel extremely insecure, even if you're the most jacked person there. But then you go to a, a, a personal trainer environment, suddenly you're going to be highly valued because you're the most jacked. So yeah. it's all about what, do you, what, yeah. what are your perceptions about what is valuable in a person? And if you have low self-esteem, it's probably because you see yourself as having certain traits that are low and that are unworthy and not valuable. Yeah, that's, so that's change, you can change that. You can change that. Look at what you do have. And what hierarchy do you want to aim for? Do you yeah. just want to aim for this commercial money-driven hierarchy where the richest and the biggest house is the most successful, valuable mm. person? Or do you want to aim for something else? Because mm. mm. that's, that's like... That's the crux of... Uh, that's a, if you would really boil down self-esteem, I think it's just that. It's low self-esteem is I'm not good enough. 
high self-esteem is I'm good enough. That's the difference. Yeah. That's how you compare yourself to other people. Yeah, exactly. But if you're comparing yourself to other people and but that's the whole that's thing. Low, someone who is low self-esteem does compare themselves to other people. Someone with high self-esteem doesn't. Someone who's they high self-esteem can. is just running their own race. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously everybody will in certain situations. Everyone always does in certain situations. Like, because all of these things aren't, like, absolutes, right? You're, no, you're never going to be high self-esteem enough. Maybe the Dalai Lama or some shit is just so content that they don't. They don't compare themselves to other people, but they might look at another person and say, I'm not below that person for whatever reason. Hmm? So, in a way, there's still there's some comparison going on. So, they might look at... Uh, someone who's better looking than them, but but they wouldn't. They would still compare those those traits. So okay, that person uh, has better looks than I do, but that doesn't devalue my worth. Yeah. 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 So they're not. That's not necessarily a comparison. Well, that's it's, just it's, a guess, human just thing. A, that's always going to happen. Like anything yeah. that you're in, you're just constantly. You know what? Ever since Jordan Peterson said that thing about lobsters and how they're like looking we're, for dominance, yeah, we're always measuring our position in any given hierarchy. I know it's fucked. We all—it's crazy. Well, we really observe that. It's really scary. Yeah, and um, it's yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, look, that was what the blueprint decoded was that. that. It was just basically him just going into the lobster analogy for four days straight, but uh. It's yeah. It's really obvious. I, I never noticed it before because I, I like going to aquariums. I, every time I go to any city, I'm always just like, just want to see what's going on there. Um, and I yeah. Any time now that I go and see the lobster tank display, you see it in real time. The biggest lobster in the display yeah. will just like be walking around to the other lobsters, and you can see it arcing up, and then the other lobsters recoiling and going into the corner. Yeah, happens in real yeah. time. Like it's it's because <clears throat> it, it was always just like yay lobsters and it just moved on to the next tank. Mm. Now it's just like uh, it, it is just a really good analogy of that. Um, and yeah, the, I think that that's the crazy thing about a, in in a it's a stupid way of looking at it as well because I think just that in itself is very insecure of always just being in like a party and just being like who's the alpha here and shit. Like alphas don't no, think like that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> A little practical. <laughs> Alphas are just like, yay, party. That's yeah. all they're thinking. Yeah. Um, but I think that they, they you, you, you kind of decide your own self-worth and then it just becomes self-fulfilling prophecy from there. So if you're saying, I can't make friends, it's it really just boils down to that root thought in your mind yeah. of I'm not good enough. So then that then gets embedded into your subconscious as well. So uh, I'd recommend... Well, not only meditation, but affirmations with the meditation. Mm. There's a lot on YouTube got positive affirmations. You can oh, even look yeah. at There's so many that they'll even play on a loop while you sleep. Yeah. So they'll slowly go into your subconscious. And people laugh about that shit, but like, just try it. Try, try it. For try, a yeah. month. You've got nothing else to lose. You have no friends. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Dude, tough love though. You're the ones asking. You need to know. Maybe like, that's why you don't have any friends, okay? You're not willing to try and yeah. <laughs> Fucking pussy. No wonder you have... <laughs> Dude, tough but fair. Do it. Trust me. If you don't want to do the affirmations, uh, let, let let those loops play while you sleep. I do, it can't I do hurt. That. Yeah, it, it can't hurt. It's the worst that could happen. Just chuck one on on your phone. They go for eight hours. Google, uh, uh, search in the YouTube... At, 
just positive affirmations while you sleep. There's so many of them. Mm. And they're really good. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, obviously. I think that if you're going to be doing that, I think it's more or less like, it's just kind of someone hammering into you why it's important to do those affirmations. You eventually will. I think another book that really touches on that is Psycho-Cybernetics. Hmm. And it'll feel, look, it will feel stupid when you, when you do it to begin with. It'll feel very unnatural. It'll feel very cheesy. But they work. It works. It's the same as uh, if you go to the gym, you might think, well, what is this? I'm just lifting it to something. This is so silly. But slowly but surely, very gradually, you make tiny little gains each week. Mm. Those eventually add up. In the same way, you're not going to notice and it's a unnoticeable. difference. Exactly. It's unnoticeable. Exactly. You're not going to notice a difference immediately, but over time, if you're doing it every night, then after a few months, you might start noticing subtle differences. After a year, suddenly you're a different person. And it's the same thing as it's it's it, that is how advertising works. It's just saying the same brand mm. over and over again, the same like yeah, mm, smack time. I mean, when was that ago? That was like when I was eight. I, I still remember that yeah. jingle in your head. Yeah, associate it with the positive emotions. So, well, yeah, because they, mm. they, look, this is the thing that people don't understand, right? Is that marketing is just using self-help techniques, but they're using it to push something to mm. sell to you. Wow. But you can just you can market to yourself. I mean, it's religion as well. Yeah, yeah. You associate all again, sorts like of those values it? with all the positivity of the love, the kinship, the community, the prayer. So then you're more li- you're more likely to accept everything that comes with it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely the negative downside of religion. But look, I'm as always. I'm, I, I don't know. I find it hard to shit on religion when I'm always just thinking that it was the original self help. It was, it was. You can still see it to this day. Yes, mm. Christians are much less critical thinkers than atheists, but they're also much more charitable and they're nicer people. And like usually in general, yeah, most Christians that I meet that. are less cunty than most atheists yeah, I, I meet. Agree. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I think it's still important to uh, add that caveat that uh, but don't you think that the they... ability to critically uh, think, I think. Oh, yeah, super important. Yeah, really, really, really important. significant with uh, atheists. It just like it... But not all of them either. Some of them are very emotional and irrational in the way they think. Yeah. It's also a value judgment, though. Like if you're, if you're into, um, if you're into religion, the, the core, well, Christianity anyway. The, the core message of Christianity, more or less, is just faith. Because like it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter what happens, just trust in God. Just do what the pastor says. Like God has a plan for you. Put your faith in it. Doesn't matter how ridiculous it gets. You just believe in God. Okay, yeah. got that? Good. Whereas, like, and, and, and just real quickly, like, there's definitely um, some very deep religious thinkers out there. What the big issue is, which I think Sam Harris says this really well, is that if someone else has a certain ideology and is coming into a debate or a discussion, they're coming in knowing, hey, I could be wrong. I could be wrong here. I could learn something from the other person. Whereas if you take a certain religious text as the literal word of God, there's nothing ever that can convince you otherwise because yeah. that is the word of God. You yeah. can't go into any discussion or debate there no. saying I could be wrong. No. So it's, 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 I do talk to Christians sometimes with very, very intelligent people and they say, no, I'm definitely open to discuss. I'm always open to question uh, the, the word of God. But 
are you ever questioning it that it could be wrong? The questioning seems to be, oh, I don't understand it. I want to understand it better. That's why oh, I'm really? questioning it. It seems to be like that, yeah. I, again, well, I'm, that, I mean, I'm, that's <laughs> why you would be a Christian in the first place because otherwise you just question it too much and then you'd be out of it. But I think that what it teaches you instead somehow yeah. in, in, the, in that community or whatever. So many good things. I'm not saying... It's kind of like a big family. That's what a church oh, without, is. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. It's a big family, and that's why I think that they're all, uh, you know, they, they, yeah, they all look out for each other. They all do activities together. You get this big social net, and as a result of that, I think that everybody in that community gets a boost of self-esteem, and that's why I think that they're, like, more centered in themselves. Like, a lot of the times Absolutely. when I'm, like, attacking... Dude, don't you think, like, like when you're attacking, like, a Christian, most of the time they'll kind of just be like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, and then they yeah. just kind of move on with their life. These are worldly uh, human emotions, and I know where my value and worth is, and my value and worth is with God. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. As all, like no, you're right. You're podcast. right. There's a, there's, you can you generally, you can tell the ones that are kind of questioning it, though. Of course. They look like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders because they're they questioning do. their entire world view. They're not mm. just questioning a perspective they once had. But the ones that are fully immersed in it, are really happy, confident, self-assured people. And I don't think that that's the same thing with atheists. And I think that, well, no. you know, like again, in general, like Not atheists, because their whole thing is just being like, I like it, I, I like reality. But, you know, this is the other bullshit thing about it as well. You prod hard enough, you will find little blind spots in like everybody else of things oh, that yeah. they're just being like, no, that's the way it is. You know, like yeah, they'll yeah, have yeah, the yeah. same arc up as like a Christian on something. Absolutely. Most people. Well, I don't know. I do. I have met very few people that there's not one thing you can push their button on. I'm sure there's something on everyone. Everyone. Yeah, it has to be. No, I mean that's part of being human. Yeah. Okay. But like, I have a joke of it. What? Wait. I want to write a joke about that. Like where everyone has a breaking point. Even the Dalai Lama. If you just push them hard enough, there's probably a point where he's like, yeah. "Get the fuck off me, cunt!" Yeah. <laughs> it just hits me. <laughs> I wonder what it'd be. One though. China, one China, just fucking poking him. No, because dude, I think that like with the China thing, he kind of just be like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess so." Because that's his whole thing is just meditating on China and just being like, "I hope Xi Jinping is having a good day today." Dude, that's what Buddhism does. It's like that thing of just being like, "You mad? You mad? You mad?" You know what else? It's yeah. like the same thing with Buddhism. How they were good just test. saying that. To the Dalai Lama, I remember this, like some smug atheist went up to him and this is why it's like not known as a religion. It's because he just walked up to them and just said, um, actually, there's not four elements and those four elements aren't even fire, earth and wind anyway. Did they, did they have a lisp like that? <laughs> Almost without a doubt. It is some artistic license, but not much. Like, you, you know that guy had a lisp. It's accurate. <laughs> it's a very accurate portrayal <laughs> of the average atheist. <laughs> but you, you know what the Dalai Lama said? He was just like, oh, okay. I guess we'll just change that then. And then from then on, that was not the four elements. Like they really? just accepted the periodic table from then on. Wow. It's just it's constantly adapting to the times. So like... Same people. But th yeah, again, there has to be something that he gets to. But yeah, it wouldn't be China. <laughs> it's Yeah, but like, look, there'd be some little quirk that everybody has. Eventually. You yeah. know, just being like, your Surely. dad sucks or something. There has to be. <laughs> Um, sure, it'll be something a lot worse than that. Your dad sucks. That's the sort of thing that that'd would be get... amazing at the Dalai Lama. That would what work... the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that would work in Bankstown. <laughs> no, your dad sucks. <laughs> the fuck you saying about my fucking dad? You... Imagine if I did work with the Dalai. 
Like you say, the all this simplest insult. Yeah, you, you tell you like what? Buddha was a liar. All this to China, one China, kill all of you cunts, you bold fucks. And then he's like, hmm, I can sense that you're experiencing a lot of pain. And then you're like, you're dead. What the fuck you said about my fucking dad? <laughs> yeah, rips Hold me off back. his robe Hold me back. and he has prison tax. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think that's the peak of comedy, honestly, is like some wog saying, what the fuck? That, that's it. <laughs> Like, what is what the fuck? What is that? That accent is uh, <laughs> custom made for comedy. Yeah. It is! Uh, what, how it even came about. That's, that's what I do, I've heard, but... Dude, you take this full loop. That's the reason I'd stay in Australia, just yeah, for that. That's a beautiful accent. I love <laughs> it. And they're aware. They know it, and they just... Yeah, so what can't? Are they? Just be fucking normal, bro. Are they aware of it? Or they if, amp- if you say I like your they, accent is funny. They amp it up. So you they know, You know it. how Aussies, when we go overseas, we, oh yeah, I'm Aussie, mate. Yeah. Damn. I think it's the same. I think it's the same thing. So when they're behind closed doors, it it's gets a, a little more British. It feels unique. <laughs> Imagine that. Group of walks. Tea, anyone? When they're out in public, they're like, oh, you fuck, look at this man, bitch, what an ass. Then they roll up the windows. Well, I rather enjoyed her gluteus maximus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite Anybody arousing. fancy backgammon? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm quite sick of Eljana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got to wrap this up. We, we do have to wrap this, this up, up soon. I, I, I'm just saying that I think that there is something to learn from Christianity in that, which is that I think, and this is like one of Tony Robbins' teachings all the time, is just that everybody is lying to themselves on something. So just accept that and accept that some lies are beneficial and some aren't. Well, but we all have our narratives. You all have your narratives. And so you can create your own narrative. And so when it comes to self-esteem, you can program yourself to have high self-esteem. And it's just pretty much just that's the bullseye. I'm good enough for anything in life. Like people are just saying like, I'm not good enough for this job. Just just program yourself to like, no, I am good enough to do it. If you have just that in your mind, you will move up. And you're thinking about it in your social situations and you're just like, oh, I'm not smart or witty enough to contribute to this conversation. So I'm just going to sit in the corner. If you just have that little thing of like, I'm good enough. And then you move into it. Because you know the other thing that you notice about people with high self-esteem in social situations, they say a lot of dumb shit. But like, say it with confidence. Say it with confidence. Well, but the 90, other thing is, ninety percent like, of communication is nonverbal. Yes, and if they, if somebody's just points them out on their bullshit and pays them out, they're kind of just like, oh, yeah, that was pretty dumb, and they just move on. Yeah, ability to laugh at yourself. I think that's one of like, the biggest, if not the biggest, indicator of high self-esteem, or at least a lack of insecurity. Yeah, like it's definitely yeah, that. Abs- the ability to laugh at oneself and understand whatever groups you might belong to. Be able to laugh at the stereotypes of those groups. Yeah. I think that's a huge indicator of uh, high self-esteem. And, uh, dude, you know what? Uh, like, even though I think this point's been made a million times, it needs to be made one more time, even though it's like a very 2017 point, but that is the reason people hate SJWs. They clearly have low self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's perpetually offended... Um, yeah, there's a Getting, point where you stand time up out of for their day to complain. Look, if someone's lying or disparaging you, or you know, um, just you're subject to slander, then you, uh, a high self-esteem person would then stand up for themselves. But if it's a joke, yeah, but it's, a, it's, it's in a good of, taste. Yeah, it's a thing of boundaries. That's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, 
Like if you're that person, yeah, you're right. Like that person allows like a lot of jokes to slip by and a lot of, Oh man, yeah, we, we said we were going to talk about this a while ago. We might just do it There's in the next a, podcast there is or whatever, a but it was that, it was that thing of like, I don't know, I feel like I let a lot of criticism just of being in the game for so long just pass, but there's certain, like, there is those Dalai Lama things that are just like, what the fuck about? Like, there's those things. Yeah. That's I'm, still Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, that, that's true. We did want to, yeah, I said that in the last podcast. We'll do the, the next one on the yeah, you may as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there you go. Uh, work on your self-esteem. That's the biggest thing to help you gaining friends. It is that. I think that when you look at the guys that usually came, that were, that were good with chicks, which is basically just another way of saying social skills back in the day, like well-rounded social skills in, in high school. Most of the time, they just came from loving households or their parents were of very high status in society. So they kind of just like, they, they were just like, but I'm this person's son. So mm. it was that. Yeah. And so that a lot was of it just... comes down to the parents and the upbringing. Yeah. But it was just like, it was just a more arrogant version of that same thing of like, I'm good enough. Yeah. But everybody else was just like, no, nah, I'm not good enough for her. Like, I can't, I can't chuck you if you're I'm scum. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's how it works. Jeez. Yeah. All anyway. Right. Well, Thank you. you time. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yep. Subscribe if you haven't all ready. And we'll see you next time. Toodaloo.